much. Good to see you today. You guys look so good, man, alive. It's summertime. You're, you know, you're, you know, what, what is it? Garrison Keeler says, um, um, all the men are handsome, all the women are good looking, all the kids are above average. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's good, it's good to see you today. I get to talk to you today. I get to speak today. Josh and Mako are on vacation, and they're out goofing around uh, for this the last week and this coming week. And um, uh, so I get to speak today, and I'm excited about this topic that Josh has assigned me. Uh, it's, uh, the re- I guess the reason he assigned it to me is, um, you know, because the experience is the best teacher, and it's about guidance. And so since I've done everything, I know how to do things wrong. Um, you know, maybe, maybe we can get, maybe we can uh, come up with some fun stuff here. But I just, I, I love the topic of, of of guidance. I've always loved it. As a as a young person starting off in ministry, it was one of the first things that I began to to delve into. How do I know God's plan for my life? How do I how do I get to where where God wants me to go? I mean, I've got X amount of years. And I don't, want, I don't want to waste any of them. I don't know about you, but I, I, I hate wasted time. I, 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 just, I just hate wasted time. Um, I, I do know that sometimes we need to rest. I understand that. But uh, I, I tell you what, I don't think we need to rest near as much as we think we do. Um, you know, I mean, Janice and I have, the, I have this little saying that Janice says to me once in a while. Not every moment has to add to the gross national product. Um, there does come some time when you have to sit uh, by the swimming pool or, you know, sit out someplace and, and enjoy life. Um, and so today I want to talk to you about, about wisdom and guidance and, and not being a fool. This, the, the, now, I, I'm, I'm getting used to this big screen back here, but when I'm making my PowerPoint, I forget that you can only see the top, you know, and... Um, um, so if if it's a little awkward, I, I'm, I'm getting used to it. Uh, but we'll we'll, we'll um, I'll try and move out of the way every once in a while. But the Bible talks a lot about about fools. It really does, especially especially in 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 uh, in Proverbs. But just foolish people, people who waste this incredible gift of life, and about you know just about. How you know what are they thinking? What are they? What are, what are what are they going with their life? And so today, as we're talking about wisdom and guidance and why we need wisdom, um, as we're trying to find our way through life, uh, I want a couple of things I want you to remind you of this morning. You know, first of all, that life is life is precious, um, and, and life is fragile. We, we've got. We have a few short years in the scheme of eternity. We have a few short years that are here on earth that are very precious. And there's something we need to, to, to build around. Second thing I want to remind you of is that you know, life is supposed to be managed. Life is supposed to be managed. It's not like, well, just get up in the morning and see what happens. You have to have a plan. And, and you have to work that plan. Um, Next thing I want to just kind of remind you of this morning, and some of you are going to go, well, that's very comforting. Thank you, Larry. But most of life is a storm. Most of life is a storm. And 
And so as we are navigating this storm of life, I hope that the message today will give you some, some hints, give you some, some, some lights that are turned on, and, and I'm going to say it this way, and you'll, it'll come together a little more qu- little quicker, but that'll give you some ropes in life. And I'm going to talk about some ropes in just a couple of minutes. But, but having those ropes in life to, to manage the storms that, we're, that we face. And then the last thing I want to remind you of as we're talking about guidance this morning is that, folks, Jesus is coming back. Amen. He is coming back. Sometimes we can, honestly, we can get drunk on life. I do it all the time. Not, I'm not saying I get drunk, but I get carried away with, with the, the, the hustle and the bustle of life. And I forget that this is just temporary. I forget that Jesus is coming back. That eternity is not about earth. Earth is about eternity. And I am to be making my plans of how I am going to spend eternity in this few short years while I'm here on earth. And so this morning, as we are just simply talking about guidance and and moving ahead in life, um, that that we have some time here on earth to to make some choices. Will we be wise? Will we seek God's guidance? On, on what he what he wants us to do. Um, lately, for for some uh, bunch of, of interesting reasons, I have been hanging out with a number, a large I shouldn't say a large number, but several uh, young adult men um, who, bottom line to it, they're just wasting their lives. They have. No real goals, no real ambitions in life. It's just sort of like, well, I just kind of get up in the morning and if something comes my way, then I do it. If it doesn't, well, that's okay. I'll, there's, there's always the, the next morning. And in, in talking with some of these young men, well, what do you, okay, what do you want to do with your life? What are, what are, you, what are you doing with this, 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 this thing called life? Oh, you know, I don't know. I mean, some of these young men, that they're very wounded uh, some of them have, they grew up in the, the foster care system in the state of California. Uh, some of them, uh, couple, you know, two or three of them uh, have no idea who their father is. Uh, they, didn't, they do not have a male figure in their life. Uh, some of them found out that uh, the person that they thought was their mom and dad really wasn't their mom and dad, that, that who they thought was their aunt gave them to some other people and they grew up and all of a sudden they had no idea who they were. I thought this is who I was, but I'm not that person. That's not, I have a totally different name than what I've been going by. And so there's just a confusion in life. And, you know, in, in working with these young men, I just said, look, it doesn't have to be that way. You are letting the storms of life blow you wherever the storms want to blow you. You can have a control of your life. There's something that can take place in your life that is going to get you down the road, that is going to make some positive things happen. You know, well, I don't know. It's just I don't get any. Of the, I don't get any breaks in life. Things just aren't going my way. It's, look, you know, and I, I mean, 
that's, that's something that you probably ever should never say to me. Um, <laughs> I said, number one, hey, this is America. <laughs> you can do anything you want to do here. You really can't. You can do, this is a, if you want to be a success, if you're willing to, 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 to get past all your excuses of why you cannot be a success, you can be a success. You can, you can make life happen. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Yeah, you got to roll up your sleeves and you got to, you got to fight your way through it. But you, you can, you can make good things happen in your life if you really want to just simply step out and begin to, to take control. There's a passage in Proverbs in chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 5. It's one that Pastor Josh, can, is, you can see, I kind of got it on the top part, but you still can't see it, can you? Um, okay, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. So let, let, wise, a wise person is going to be listening, and they're going to be adding to, to their learning. And then let the discerning get guidance. So it's not just like, well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm but there, there's some steps here. God wants us to be moving ahead of learning and then getting that, 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 that guidance. Down in, uh, in, this, in the book of Proverbs, uh, down in verse 9, uh, chapter 9, I'm sorry, chapter 9 and in, in verse 9, there's some passages there that we're going to, we're going to look at together. And um, if you have your Bibles, you might want to turn to Proverbs because we're going to be bouncing around in verse 9 here for a, chapter 9 for a couple of, couple of minutes here. But in chapter 9, verse 9 says, Instruct a wise man and he will be wiser still. Teach a righteous man and he will add to his learning. Now, just before this, the, the author has said, don't rebuke a mocker or he will hate you. You know, the, the mocker, the, the slacker, the lazy person. Don't rebuke him, he's just going to hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he's going to love you. <laughs> because there's something, when a person has a hunger and a desire to, to make it, then uh, they're going to be looking for it. Now, you remember... You remember that when Je- this New Testament, this is Jesus talking, and and he, there's a parable about about people who mismanaged what God, what their what their overseer had given them. Overseer had given them some talents, and um, and one guy says, "Well, look, I didn't have very much, and so I took what you gave me and I buried it so that uh, it wouldn't be lost." You know, and, and Jesus is, you know, re- reflecting of our Heavenly Father saying, you don't understand, I, I gave you that talent. I expect you to multiply it. I expect you to do something with it. God gives us X amount of hours and time in our day. And very honestly, God expects us to do something with it. Um, he expects us to, to make something good come out of that. The advancing of the kingdom of God. And he says, now, if you don't, you know, if you don't do that, e- e- even what you have is going to be taken away from you and given to the guy that has a lot. Now, that just totally smacks socialism right in the face. 
Socialism is, let's go to the guy that's worked hard and made it happen and, and has directed his life, and let's take it away from him and let, let's spread the wealth around. But Jesus said, if you're too lazy and you can't multiply what you have, what, even what you have is going to be taken away from you and given to the guy that's going to make more come out of it. Well, that, that doesn't sound like a, a gracious... No, he says, and by the way, for all of you that are doing well, you better be sharing. <laughs> you better, you know, it's not just go out and take it away from, from the people you can take it away from, but it's going to come to you. If you're, if you're aggressive and you're taking care of what I've given you, then what you have, I want you to be giving because God is a giver and God's loved the world that he gave. And if we are going to be living in the kingdom of God where things are being multiplied to us, whether it is, whether it is just years of our life that we're taking care of, we're to use those years to, to glorify God. I've seen in my encounters in, in some of these young men, I'm like, whoa, you're not going to live very long. You're not going to live very long. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, in some of these cases, I'm three times your age, you know, and I can work a lot harder than you can. You know, one guy says, oh, I don't want to go to work with Larry. He makes us work too hard. And I can't keep up with him. I can't, it's, it's hard. Oh, it's, uh, but, but the idea is, is that when you have something, if it is energy, if it's finances, if it is a, an out, a, a, a view of life, it is to be multiplied, it is to be grown, and it is, and it is being grown, God's going to give you more. He is the God that doesn't run out of stuff. He's got all kinds of stuff, and He wants to give you stuff. What, what do you want? Time, energy, money. It's all, it's all, it all belongs to God. It doesn't make any difference. And so in the, this passage that if you rebuke a mocker, he's going to hate you. It's none of your business. Who are you to tell me how to live my life? Who are you to tell me what I should be doing? But if you instruct a wise man, you know, if you took some time and you did it this way, you, you're probably going to do a, a little bit better in life. And that man, is, 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 he's going to love it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now, as we're, we're talking about the, these things this morning, and just, um, you know, how do we get it? And Pastor Josh, as he started this, he said, get wisdom at all costs. And then he's, he's broken it down over the past couple of, of weeks. Number one, you know, wisdom is Jesus. You know, you're not going to have, you're not going to be able to bounce off of a life right unless you have that right relationship with Jesus Christ himself. And God calls us to enter into a relationship with him. And this is the place where our culture right now is going to be so offended by the issue that as Christians we believe that Jesus is the source of all wisdom. He's a source of all wisdom. And uh, God wants us to be able to navigate life, to get through life in some great ways. Now, on the cover of your bulletin, um, I, I had Jennifer put in um, a picture of a ship because I like ships. And, 
And, but another reason is because this passage that comes across in chapter 1, verse 5, where it says, um, um, let, and let the discerning get guidance. There's a word that is used in the Hebrew there. And the word is koval. And it's, it only occurs in the Bible as being as a plural word. And it, it's, it's interpreted as, as ropes. Let, you know, let the, the wise man, let the discerning man, let the one that's trying to get this thing put together, let him get ropes. And it's the ropes that are used to, to guide his ship. Um, unlike a lot where we see that, you know, I mean, I know a lot of you are, you know, you're pirate fans too, you know, some of you love pirates, you know, but not, not the pirate ship with the, you know, with the wheel that people fight at and lose their life over. But, but a lot like um, in, off of the island of Zanzibar, there's some, some, uh, some boats and they're called dows. And um, th- these dows are, they're guided by ropes. And um, the, the dows, they're, they're just one big, um, usually a mangrove tree uh, stump that they've, you know, carved a, a boat out of and has these beautiful triangular sails. And um, the water uh, is just, it's just that pristine, crystal, crystal, topaz-looking water. And you see these beautiful ships sailing over it. And the reason that they're sailing is because they have somebody that is skilled with the ropes. Somebody that knows how to take those ropes and pull those ropes and to get where they want to go. And so the Bible is saying, let this guy that is, is wise, let the wise listen uh, let them add to their learning and let them get ropes. Let them get those things that's going to guide their life. You know, how are you doing in guiding your life? Are you being controlled by the storms of life or are you controlling the storms of life? In the storms of life, are you continually going back, being wise, letting the Lord, in essence, sometimes even rebuke you so that you get that guidance, you get those ropes, because there's another storm coming. There's another storm that's going to come. Now, as, the, as you learn these ropes, huh, how about that little phrase there? As you learn these ropes in life, as you learn these ropes in life, then all of a sudden, you begin to find out that life can be pretty good. Life can be pretty good. And if I will embrace these good things of the Lord, then God's going to lead me and guide me. And God is going to, and even in some cases, he is going to pull the ropes in my, in my life. Yesterday was my, my sister's birthday, and uh, I had the wonderful privilege of going to Bakersville. <laughs> wow. Oh, never mind, I won't get off on Bakersfield, but um, it's not my favorite place. Um, I grew up there, and um, my, I had one goal in life at that time when I was younger, and that was to get out of there. Um, and um, so I, I got out as soon as I could. Um, Janice is saying, well, what, what made you want to get out? I mean, what, what happened? What was it? 
Well, there's a couple of things that happened that made me want to get out of Bakersfield. Number one, I looked at it. <laughs> if anybody else is from Bakersfield, I'm sorry, you know, but uh, some of my family loved Bakersfield. It was, I mean, very seriously. For them, it was the promised land. It really, it really was. Um, it, it took them from extreme poverty into some great places of, of, of some really great blessing. But I just wanted, I just wanted that. Well, you know why? Said, well, there's a couple of things. Number one, um, I, I, I looked around and I saw the things. It was this thing called television that showed me something. There's a young kid. There was one program that I dearly, dearly loved, um, and um, I, I just got fascinated by that program. And it was called, anybody have a guess? No. I want to go out and, yeah, yeah, I can't get off the earth too. Route 66. Anybody remember Route 66? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I I never got my Corvette. Never did. But but it's just, I just got to get out of this place. I want to go someplace. Uh, I remember when I was in high school, I was working in a in a gas station, a standard gas station, right on the on the freeway, and everybody's traveling through. And I said, you know what? It's not going to be long until you know I'm out of here. So, uh, first possible moment I got, and Janice, said, well, you know, why did you want to get out so much? And I said, because I knew that the world was a lot bigger out there, and it was a lot bigger, and I wanted to experience everything I could possibly experience. And then you combine that with another, another really, really great, it's not a television program, but it, it is a, something that should be dear to all of us. It's called the Great Commission. <laughs> to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And honestly, as soon as I could, and I was, I, I was on an airplane to any place that I could go. Uh, I had a, a teacher in the fifth grade that was, interesting and she took all of, I mean I got in the oil fields I mean there we, we was there was just a few of us in the school uh, very few of us and I had this one teacher that said let's do some really fun thing with these knothead kids these uh, oil workers kids and so they they exposed us to I mean to uh, just really great things like classical music they would they would t- I mean we had we had these big oil companies paying taxes to this little school of you know of about of about 40 kids you know first through eighth grade and uh, so 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 let's expose these kids we'll take them to the finest restaurants we'll make these knothead kids put on ties and you know <laughs> we borrowed ties from our dads you know they hung down here you know? and so they made us take you know Use the the proper silverware at the proper place. They took us to to concerts. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> these knothead oil field kids used to running around like wild Indians. And uh, here we are, you know, exposed to this this thing of life. I know what we'll do. Let's take these kids. Let's put them on an airplane. Let's fly them to Los Angeles International Airport. Let let's show them some more things about the world. And out of that came, for me personally, came an understanding that my world is just as small as I want it to be as big as I want it to be and and through God all things are possible and because I believe in the great commission then I am going to put my trust and my faith in God and allow God to lead me and to guide me into some new things so God take my life God guide my life and and as as these God was pulling these ropes in my life at a very young age I understand now that God was pulling ropes in my life. And if you'll allow me to say it this way, that God was giving me the desires of my heart. 
He was putting inside of me the desires that he wanted me to have that was going to direct my life in the future. And as, as, as I see God pulling these ropes in my life, I want you to know something. God is pulling the ropes in your life also. He is doing things. He's taking experiences that you had. See, I can take all these little things that happen in my life, so those are just weird little experiences, so what? Or I can look at it and say, no, God is totally in control of everything that goes on in my life. I have free choice. I have free will. I can allow, and trust me, I've done enough dumb things in my life to know that I don't always have to do it God's way. I can prove it. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm not a machine that God is manipulating by pulling the ropes. But I am a person that's saying, God, I want you to pull those ropes. God, I want you to do that. As we, as we were driving to, to Bakersville to visit my sister, we got to drive through another beautiful place, um, Newhall, downtown Magic Mountain. It was, you know, at one time in our life, you know, I was pastoring a church there, and Janice said, what in the world made you pastor that church? Those people hated you. <laughs> they did, too. They really did. Um, and, uh, and I just said, you know, I just, you know, I, if you ask me, I, I don't know. But what I do know is I learned a lot there. I understood that God was pulling ropes in my life. I understood that there was some events that were going on. There was some things that I learned about people who would say something to my face and go behind my back and stab me in the back. And I go, oh, wow, this isn't pleasant. No, this is a part of the ropes of life. You have to learn that this, 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 this happens. Okay. And every time that God pulls these ropes in our life to adjust our sails, to move you someplace, God is saying, would you learn from me? I don't, I don't want to just manipulate you. What I want to do is I want you to gain guidance. I want this discerning to take place in your life. If you'll allow me to pull this rope in your life... Here's what, what is going to happen. See, each time that, that God pulls, I, I hope that I've learned. Um, I believe that wisdom is knowledge, time, right choices spread out over a longer period of time. Wisdom is, it's knowledge, some things that I know. And knowledge with that time, that element that is there, it's those right choices of, okay, God, I'm going to, I'm going to grasp those things. Uh, and as this is spread out over years, decades, that there is going to be an understanding. Now, there's a passage in, 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 Corinth, in, in Colossians, in chapter 3 and verse 16. It is one of our major passages. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, verse 15. It's one of our major passages on getting guidance. Uh, how do I know what God wants me to do? You know, how do... Okay, okay. The, you know, there, are, there are a few things in the Bible that the Bible says for us to do. Uh, you don't need guidance on that. I mean, I mean, just honestly. There are some things, you know, I want to kill my neighbor. You don't need guidance. Should I kill my neighbor or not? I need to pray and ask God. No, you've already been told not to kill your neighbor. So you don't need to ask for guidance on that. Now, that's an extreme, but there's a lot of other things in the Bible. You know, well, you know, should I, uh, what, what should I do in this situation? There's going to become some times in your life where um, 
Um, you know, the Bible doesn't give you any direct uh, choices. Do I buy the Ford or do I buy the Chevrolet? You know, well, it depends on, you know, on, uh, you know, we are already, we're already divided here. <laughs> we're already divided, you know. But uh, which, which car do I buy? Which house do I buy? What neighborhood do I move into? Well, if I, if I buy in the, in the, in the, in a certain neighborhood, and I, as over my years of life, as I look, I see choices that I made in a neighborhood that I chose to live in. I, I, I told you a couple of weeks ago that um, um, I'm, I'm a freak in the, st- in the state of California. My wife and I have lived in the same house for for over I think, almost 40 years now, 39 years, and um, you know, and so as I chose to live in this neighborhood. It also, very honestly, not only directed my, some things of my life and, and my finances, it also directed my kids. It, it directed my, my, my children's lives because they chose friends from the schools that they went to. They learned things from their friends in the, the schools that they went to. Um, Josh has told you a lot of stories about growing up and some of his friends you know, I remember at one time in our life, my wife and I were, okay, do, do, we, do we buy this, this uh, well, just, just quick, quick explain it. Uh, we, we bought an, an acre of land in, in Alta Loma when everybody laughed at us. Why would you live out there? That's a, you know, nothing's out there but coyotes and hicks. It's about the truth. Um, then we moved there and there was another hick. Um, <laughs> I mean, do we do we move to this place, or do we move? Do we buy another piece of property in San Antonio Heights? You know, and we it was just kind of a back and forth because in that at that time it was six of one, half a dozen of the other. And it was well, which one? Which one's the right way to go? And we made it a real matter of prayer. God, where where, where do we go? Which 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 location do we choose? There was nothing in the Bible that said. Uh, in John chapter chapter 43, uh, verse 22, where it said, Larry, thou shalt not live in San Antonio Heights. Thou shalt live in, in, in Alta Loma. There was nothing like that at all. And so it's like, well, this is one of those places, God, we need you guys. God, God, would you pull the rope in our life? God, would you pull the rope in our life? And, and as God pulled a rope in our life, we can see certain advantages. Now, we don't know what would have happened if we would have chosen to move to, another, to the other area. I've got to be honest with you. I believe that God would have blessed us just as much. You know? See, there's going to come some times in your life where no matter which direction you choose, it's going to be okay with God. I really believe that sometimes God hangs over the balusters of heaven and looks at us and says, surprise me. (laughs) I have poured wisdom inside of you. I have poured things inside of you that that will help you to make right choices. And why don't you, since you are created in my image, and I am a creative God and I make things, why don't you make something for me? Use what I have poured inside of you to bring glory to me. I remember one time as a, as a young man in the ministry, as a matter of fact, when I was in that church in Newhall where everybody hated me, 
Um, my wife was there. She didn't hate me. Um, there was, a, for some reason, uh, one of the strongest leaders in the denomination um, came by and, and spent some time. We just dropped by. I didn't know him. I uh, didn't, didn't, didn't know him at all. And he just said, you know, I, I really feel like, you know, God has instructed me to come by and spend some time with you. And uh, wow, wow, this, oh, okay, okay. And, you know, and he said, you know, Larry, there's going to be some times in your life that um, you're not going to know which way to go. And the first thing I want, I want to just share with you is you should knock on every door that you go past. Every door you go past, you know, like I, this, this is an issue of guidance, okay? I, w- I want to hear more about this. He says, if it opens, walk through. If you get through that door and you realize it was a wrong decision, it's not a sin to turn around and walk out. It's not a sin to say, oh, that wasn't right. God is not looking for an excuse to, to pull his blessings off of your life. You've already given him enough of those already. But... Walk through those doors, and if they're not right, turn around and walk out. And he said, but there's going to be some times in life when it's going to be six of one, half a dozen of the other. And you're just going to have to say, which one is going to glorify God the most in the long run? If I, if I take this down the road 10 or 15 years, which one is going to bring the most glory to God? You see, the wise man, he's going to listen and he's going to add. And God is going to help add to that wise man's choice. And there's going to be more ropes that are given to fine-tune your journey. But you have to desire wisdom. You have to go after it with everything. And you have to obey the word of God. This passage in Colossians, again, take your Bibles, and this is not going to be on the screen, um, uh, but turn, turn to the book of Colossians, and in chapter, th- chapter 3, you know, we just read this thing in, chap- in verse 15, and And he says in, in, in uh, chapter, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. So God has called you to peace. When you're making decisions, well, I think I'm supposed to be doing this. One of the things that I have learned to do is to, um, and this, this, is, this is not some kind of a, of a weird, weird thing, but I've learned to say, okay, now let's say, okay, I'm in that place. Do I feel peace about it? Do, do I feel peace about it? So we are to, to let the, the peace of Christ rule. Let the peace of Christ be the governing factor in your life. Do you feel peace about the decision that you are making? Well, if in a strange way, I know I'm going into a storm, but in a strange way, I feel peace about it. Um, I, I knew when I was going to this church in New Hall that I was going to be going into a storm. But I felt peace about it. I knew that there was a season that God wanted me to, to learn something. It was the first church that I pastored um, uh, as a senior pastor. And God wanted me to learn a lot there. 
and he had some specially equipped people that could teach me a lot. Uh, <laughs> but let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. God has called you to live in peace even in the middle of the storm. You see it in Jesus when he was on the boat and there was a big storm. Everybody's in the back. We're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. What's Jesus doing? He's got a sleeping bag and his favorite pillow and he's curled up in the front sleeping. You know, don't you care that we're going to die? Okay, let's, let's, you know. He he understood what what peace was. And so I I want to, um, you know, encourage you to, to, we've been called to let this peace of Christ rule. Now, there's a couple of things I want you to, to understand. Is it has to be your choice. Letting it happen in your life is, is a choice. Now, we, are all, we all have different, different chemical makeup. Some of us, we run around screaming when everything hap- anything happens. Others are analytical. You, you back off. You, you look at it. No matter what your personality type is, you are to make that choice. I am going to let the peace of Christ rule my life. I'm going to let the peace of Christ lead me down the road to make the right decisions. And, and he says, since as members of one body, you were called. You were called to peace. Second thing is get to that place of saying, God, I know that you have called me to peace. I, can, I confess that. I confess that peace is going to come when you are pulling the ropes in my life. You may send me into a storm from time to time, but in the storm, you're going to teach me some things about pulling those ropes of guidance. And because you have been called. God, you called me to this. The next thing is to let the word of Christ richly dwell. Um, And he says, and, 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 and be thankful let the word of Christ richly dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with wisdom, as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with gratitude in your hearts to God. How do we get richly dwelling in, in, in Christ? How, how do we get there? How do we get to that place where we're letting that, that word of God richly dwell inside of us? That word of Christ richly dwell. Okay, number one, I want to tell you something. The Bible, the book. Our culture says question everything, get rid of it, throw it if you don't like it. We in this church have a high, high, high view of the Bible. We believe in the infallibility of the Bible. It is God's word to man. When we start tearing the Bible apart and say, well, I don't believe that part of the Bible. I don't like that part of the Bible, so I'm not going to really commit myself to it. I don't want to do that. Um, That's when we are becoming fools. We're becoming fools. We are taking ropes that God has given us and we're throwing them overboard and saying, "Ah, I, I don't need that rope. I don't need that part of guidance in my life. And all of a sudden, we're wondering why we can't control our trajectory of, of life because we, we've, lost, we've lost control, because we don't have the Bible. There will never, and this is an absolute, there will never be 
a guidance that, that comes from God that contradicts the Bible. Never, 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 never. Doesn't mean that we're always going to make the right choices, that we're not going to choose against God from time to time. Well, God told me to do this. It may contradict the Bible, but I know that God told me. No, He didn't. <laughs> he did not tell you that if it contradicts the Bible. Well, I feel peace about it. You won't pretty soon. <laughs> Uh, so we believe in, in the infallibility that we also believe that something that we, I, I harp on a lot is that God is, is immutable. God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That God is good. He's always going to be making choices for you, pulling ropes for you that are right. And that we have to understand that this word, the reason we have to let it richly dwell inside of us is because this is what is to be a light to our path. And if we are throwing it away, if we're ignoring it, and if we're not reading it, we're not studying and not getting into it, well, what does the Bible say about this situation that I'm in? If we're not letting this thing richly dwell inside of us, then we're, we're going to be in some big problems. There's going to be sometimes that you know, the, the answer is going to be out there. The light is out there. And God is saying, come to the light. A number of years ago, I was in Alaska fishing. And we were way out in, in the, in the um, I think it was the Prince Edward Sound. Uh, I mean, God didn't know where we were. Uh, there was some, some bald eagles that knew where we were, and that was about it. And we had one, one cabin that part of our group was staying in. Another part of us were staying in, a, in, a, um, in another cabin, um, Probably about uh, by boat, but it's about a half hour drive by a, a little 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 um, little skiff. And so one night we stayed in this one cabin, and we were playing and goofing around, playing cards, and just having a fun time as a bunch of Christian men. It was just a great great time of fellowship. And so another guy and I, we stayed, and it was in, in all the sunsets, and we got to get back to our cabin, and it's it's like a half hour away. I mean, and it is dark. There was just no light in any place. We couldn't, we couldn't even see the shore. We did, and we had this one, one of these one, you know, little tiny flashlights. And so, let's, so we started heading back. And uh, man, this, this is dumb. I mean, after about, about 15 minutes of running into rocks and, and uh, I said, you know what, this is dumb. We, let, let's go back. Okay, go back where? <laughs> and, and which way is Back. Uh, and so we were just like scratching. What are we going to do? Well, let's, you know, we, we know that, you know, the, yes, the coast, the shore is uneven, but if we follow it, eventually it's going to get us back to where, where we're supposed to go. And, and so we're, 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 you know, we're putting along and, you know, and um, we look out and we see a light on the shore. And one of our friends heard the boat motor, uh, kind of figured, okay, they're coming back because there's no, no, nobody else there. And so he's out on the shore, you know, waving the light, you know. And so we, we just headed straight for the light. And you see, so there's going to be some times that, um, that light's out there. And you're going to have to have some of your brothers and sisters in Christ waving the light. So you know what, you know, you made a dumb choice. You made a dumb choice. Come back. Get back over here. Get back over here. And so I, as 
we're in this, sometimes there's going to, like I say, life is going to be storms and sometimes we're going to be in some really rough places where it's really hard and we're not going to know what to do next. And I, I want to, to encourage you that as we are moving ahead in life and having these ropes pulled in our life, that we are to be following God with a thankfulness deep inside of us. But even at that place, when we are in a rough place, we have to position ourselves to where we can receive God's guidance, even in rough places. One of the major points of view that I have learned over the years of making so many mistakes in my life is that we have to position ourselves to receive God's guidance. Scenario. The 11. Judas had betrayed Christ. The 11 are, are at the, around there. Jesus is going to be crucified. Jesus said, you're all going to forsake me. Peter says, not me. These, these other losers are, but, but not me. You, you know me. And... Uh, and uh, Jesus is crucified. Uh, the little girl has said to Peter, "Hey, you're one of those. You're one of those Galileans." And he says, "You know, no, I'm not. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. You know, three times he denies Christ. I, you know, he swears the third time. I don't know what the swearing was. We don't, we have no idea what it was. It was. Real, I mean, a lot of the stuff we call swearing is just um, just you know low class talk." Uh, just using bathroom language to, uh, and real swearing is taking God's name and using an authority that we would have uh, to use God's name and using it for something that is counterproductive. And so we, what we, what I, you know, believe is that probably Peter, in essence, used God's name in vain, uh, in a way of saying, you know, but but whatever the situation was, it was a horrible event. That third time, it was more than just, no, I'm not either. It was, it was going over that line, so far over the line that it, it was a horrible thing. And um, Jesus dies on, the, he dies on the cross. He's raised from the dead. And a couple of the ladies, uh, that they see Jesus and... And he says, okay, he said, I want you to go. I want you to go tell, go tell the disciples and Peter. Number one, that I'm raised from the dead. And number two, that I will meet them in Galilee. One of the most important issues of guidance when you're confused, when you maybe you're in that place of Peter, one of the most important issues is to do the last thing that God told you to do. The last thing that God told them to do was to, that Jesus told them to do, and he, you know, Jesus told to tell that, and the angel told them to, also said, you know, tell, tell them to, to, he will meet them in Galilee. The last thing that God told you to do, stay faithful doing the last thing that God has told you to do. The disciples, when they were hanging out with, they, they knew where to go. They knew what to do. There's a place called Tagba on the Sea of Galilee. or the, It's called Lake Knesseret now. And at Tagba, um, can I have that picture up on the screen the, of the side of the Sea of Galilee? 
Okay, this is Tagba. Um, I don't know if I can get out of the way here, but there's a little inlet there. Uh, the Catholic Church wasn't there when Jesus was fishing. Uh, it's a joke. Um, and, um, but that was the place that, that they hung out with Jesus, and they, they, they knew to go there. If he said, go to Galilee and wait for me, then they know. He says, I'm, I'm going to go there ahead of you. So they go to Tagba. They go to this place where they were so used to, to hanging out with Jesus. And um, at this point of frustration of just kind of hanging around and waiting, Peter says, I've had it. I'm, I'm going fishing. Everything that we built our life on, everything that we, we, we commit ourselves to, it's all gone. Maybe Jesus is raised from the dead, but we're stuck here. And, I mean, can you imagine the depression? Can you imagine the hopelessness? Can you imagine that feeling of, I, but I poured everything into it. I, I poured everything that I was into it, and, and now here I am, back at the same place. I'm, I'm, I had I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. There's going to be some times in your life that... You just say, I just, I just want to go fishing. I just want to get out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm done. And even at that point, you've got to be doing the last thing that God told you to do. At least he was there. At least he was obedient in doing what he told him to do. And this incredible scenario goes to this thing. They're out in the water fishing. They've fished all night. And there's, there's no fish. There's nothing going on. And Jesus, you, you know, he's on the shore. And he's cooking fish. And they didn't know who he was. There's some strange guy on the shore, you know. And hey, 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 friends, have you caught anything? No. Well, throw the net on the other side. And there had to be a... A familiar verbiage there because they'd heard that story once before. I throw that on the other side. And they did. And, and all of a sudden they realized that it's the Lord. Peter jumps out of the boat, runs, runs ashore. Knowing that, man, just a, a few hours ago I, I swore. I, I, I took your name in vain and, I, and I, I, that I denied you. And this is that place to where... I want you to know, no matter what's going on, God wants to restore you. God wants to breathe back inside of you that vision and that dream that you've had. And maybe you've made some, some bad choices and walked away from what God has called you to do. But he hasn't given up on the dream that he has for your life. And he's looking for an excuse for you to, just to, to, get, to jump out of the boat and run to him. And this is that place where Jesus cooks in the meal and... and um, Then he turns to Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? You, you all know the story. You know the story. Yes, Jesus, I love you. Hey, you're that follower of Jesus, no, I'm not. Peter, do, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Hey, no, 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 you're a Galilee. I saw you. I have seen you with him. I said, no, I'm not. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the third time, Peter, do you love me? And the third time, you're the, you're the one that, yeah, yeah, you're that Galilee. And that swearing and taking God's name in vain. No, I'm not, he said, I'm not. With every bit of thing inside of him. I'm not. And when Jesus says, do you love me? 
The third time, Peter says, oh, Jesus. You know everything. His repentance was as guttural as his denial. You know everything. God's looking for excuses to restore you. At Tagba, just um, just just, right, just um, probably close to where this picture was taken. There's another. There's a, there's a statue that is there. It's a picture of. It's a statue of of Jesus restoring Peter. For me, when I first saw him, and it was you talk about a guttural experience of knowing that that Jesus is just looking for excuses to restore us. He's looking for us to to say. Wisdom is found in you, Lord. Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And so this morning, if you've been beating yourself up, cut it out. If you've said, I don't belong to God. I've I've walked so far away from him. I'll never get back to where I was. I'm not going to quit serving him, but I've lost my hope and my dream. And God is saying, I just want, just give me an excuse to forgive you. Give me an excuse to restore you, to put you back. And that's what he's doing. No matter what you've done, wisdom calls and says, come on back, come on back, come on back. And it's our yes, yes I will. Lord, you know everything. You know my heart. You know my heart. Guidance, pulling those ropes, getting back to Jesus. I'm going to ask the ushers and the band to come up to the front now. And as they're coming, you know, maybe if you've you know, kind of walked away from the Lord and, you know, and you want to, you know, it's time to get back. Just going to ask you in, the, in our ministry time, our prayer time now, if you would just take some time and talk to the Lord. If you've never given your life to Christ, let today be the day that you get everything back and, and get things in, in order. Give your life to Christ. On the tear-off that Janie mentioned earlier, there's a little box. If you mark that proper box, I want to commit my life to Christ today. I want, to, I want to become a follower of Christ. Mark that box and we'll get a hold of you this week or better yet, come up to the front and we'll pray with you at the close of the service. This morning as you're investing in the kingdom of God, because you're not giving an offering, folks. You're, you're really not. You're not giving an offering. You're, you're investing in God's money back into his kingdom. It all belongs to him anyway. And you're just simply investing it back into his kingdom of God. I believe in this message of hope. And so God, I wanna, I'm going to give to you this morning. As, as you're giving to the Lord this morning, don't just drop it in. Just literally, Lord, thank you that you've trusted me with this. I'm returning it to you now. So Father in heaven, We give you glory and praise and honor that you're a faithful God and you're a loving God. Now bless us this morning as we give back to you. I pray that that businesses that are represented here, that you would prosper those businesses, Lord. I pray that there be dynamic breakthrough in businesses. I pray that there would be promotions for those that that are close to a promotion. I pray, Father, that there would be, Lord, just an an abundance of financial supply for the people of this church because you're pulling their ropes and you're positioning them to be receivers from the Lord God Almighty. 
And God, we want to receive the eternal blessing of salvation. We want to bless each other and encourage each other in this church. Blessed be your name, Lord. Amen.